0: time to add some spice to your nooner nooner
1: (laughs) funny this is the place where big time guests bold opinions and little cute doggies come together this this is Rothman and Ice
0: sponsored by Pella Columbus windows and doors that go beyond
2: all righty here we go on a Monday Rothman and Ice only Rothman today Ice called in sick he uh he, he texted me earlier and said He got violently ill watching a football game yesterday and decided that this Monday was not for him. I'm kidding. He's a pro. He showed up. His
3: Ravens did not. Good to see you, my friend. Condolences. Uh, Yeah, man. It's it's great to see you. Great to see CB. I hope everybody had a better weekend than I did. Had a better weekend than I did because uh, I had one of those moments yesterday where I was just searching for answers and looking around and asking myself why do we do this as fans? Why do we put ourselves through these seasons, through these <laughs> emotional roller coasters and uh yeah, man. I've had, a, uh, have had better days. I've had better days, but you know, I wasn't going to leave you high and dry. I'm here. I appreciate all the emails and the, the tweets and the, oh, um, yeah. sorries and the, my condolences and even the others, you know, the emails I get with crying emojis from Browns fans and all that. Everybody can take their lap and dunk on me today. I'm here for it, uh, because my team laid an egg. They did. They absolutely did in a low
2: scoring game. I, uh, First of all, it was one of those things, because remember we get those feelings, certain games. When Ray Lewis comes out and does his signature entrance, at that point, are you thinking... That this is going to jinx it, or there's nothing that can stop us. Because then they went back to the bullpen
3: and got Suggs out of there they really for the fourth did. quarter. They brought the OGs out. They did everything they could. As a Ravens fan, when you hear the Nelly hot and here start, and you know Ray Lewis is about to come out of that tunnel, you feel kind of untouchable. You feel untouchable, but then on the other side, I had to humble myself very quickly and remind myself who we're dealing with. Who we're dealing with, even though the guy and the guys I'm referencing you know, in the second half, when you when you shut out Kansas City and mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes, you gotta take advantage. <laughs> and you have to have a team AR that isn't making boneheaded mistakes and penalties and too many guys on the field and headbutting guys and spinning the football in a guy's face because you're making a nice grab. How about you hold on to the football too when you're going into the end zone, Zay Flowers? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things I could get off my chest right now. But the thing, it, that, man. The thing that really has irked me. Is knowing that our defense rose up in the second half and shut out Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs and our offense had nothing to say about it. Yeah. Nothing.
2: Um, It's a problem because you and I have gone around the barn on Lamar Jackson and there's no, there's no argument that he is an exceptional talent in this league and he is a complete football player, but you just wonder whether he can get over the top on this because I agree with you. We can go to all those stupid penalties and gear it up. I, I'm going to reduce this to something that I felt watching the game. And I, I tweeted about it early. And I felt like there's something about the psyche of a team. It was almost like, and I, I swear to you, I felt this. It was almost like when Casey took their first drive and went and scored, that something changed in the Ravens. They were like, Oh boy, we're going to have to score some points to win tonight. Let's come out let's try to go toe to toe with Mahomes and all that. And I felt like they completely came out of who they are, which is a really tough defensive, physical team with a quarterback that if you don't have him in, he's going to hurt you. And I I sat there and I thought, are you kidding me? That you're leading rusher and I know your quarterback is your leading rusher technically. You guys chose not to run. I In a low-scoring game, I do feel like somehow the psyche of the Ravens was affected by Kansas City's first drive. All you did is throw deep. You never handed it to Gus. Having three carries for that guy for the entire game is a crime in a seven-point game.
3: And especially when his first carry goes for 15, 15 yards. yards. The first time it's you see him, the Baltimore Ravens in the regular season cooked up 156.5 rushing yards per game. That mm-hmm. led the NFL. Led the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs were towards the bottom of the league at stopping the run. All AR, I heard. Last week, we all watched with our own eyes. The Buffalo Bills rushed for 180-plus rushing Dude. yards against this Chiefs defense. You mentioned the game plan. I was a big fan this year, Tom Monkin. Really was. Browns fans, a lot of our listeners are familiar with him. We watched him go to Georgia, win a national championship. Now he came into the NFL, and for the most part this year, I had no issues with him at all. I don't know what the man was thinking yesterday, AR. I don't know what nope. he was thinking. You had the big strike to Zay Flowers down the field. You hit him up over the top. That ties the game. And then after that, I have no idea what he was doing as a play caller because your bread and butter all year was punching people in the mouth with yep. your fist Physicality. And for whatever reason, we decided to get cute yesterday. And that's why we're in Cancun right now. Mm-hmm. It's the bottom line. No question. And the, the, the great,
2: the very tough part about it is that it was the start of the game that I felt their psyche was affected, because then Mahomes scrambles, they get down, Pacheco scores, they're up 14-10. At that point, you're thinking, wow, this low-scoring game might get away from us. And I do feel like the Ravens completely changed up their identity because they felt they were in a track meet with Patrick Mahomes. And they really weren't. It wasn't getting away from you yet. And the fact that this guy... Got one carry for 15 yards and never got the ball again before halftime. Where's Justice Hill at?
3: Stupidity. Where's Justice Hill at? Yeah. Where's Dalvin Cook at? Anybody oh, yes. in that running back room? By the way, no. I don't
2: know if Dalvin even dressed. No, <laughs> I didn't see him. Look, I said I was going out on a limb. Okay, I was like, it was like, hey, so much of a limb. Oh yeah. How? By the way, this might be very, a uh, fairly close. Only because, and I'm only guessing that because you had in our yardage draft. You guys didn't catch the show on Friday. We did, we did this amazing thing with the yardage draft, but we each had two guys at every position. CB has the the answer key to all this. And so if we go back into our deal, because I started thinking about this watching the game, and while I had CMC and Pacheco, you had Kelsey and Laporta, LaPorta yeah. who eight teams alive. And then... By the way, and I had L- Lamar and Mahomes, who I felt, I, th- I almost good. feel the quarterbacks are almost a wash in this a little bit. Maybe I had a hair of an edge. But I wonder if your tight ends got to my guys because I had Ayuk and who was my other receiver? You had St. Brown. Oh, yeah, I had St. Brown. So the tight ends Ooh, may have tipped
3: it over because gold, you? gold jacket Kelsey decided to show up against us yesterday. He yeah. was incredible. And
2: Mark right? Andrews didn't do anything. No. And Kittle actually was what? two for 27, let me pull, let me pull he was up awful,
3: and they won the game. Do you have the final tab over there, sir? I sure do. What What happened yesterday or this so weekend? It was
4: a very, very strong weekend, another competitive week, but I think Matty Eyes can credit the 48 rushing yards for Brock yep. Purdy is putting him over the top. He had 1,027 yards. Uh, A.R. had 1,008. Wow. Okay, so
3: we're one and one. And then you beat me by one yard last week you beat me by like 20. And somebody. I beat you by a few yards. 19 this yards. Week. By 19 the way, yards. how big were those Purdy runs that he mentioned? Well, it was the third and four. It was a few of them. It was the, that he had but it was the third the and game.
2: four. If the Lions can get off the field there, they got it. They got a shot. He is so much faster than he gets credit for and elusive. And even though he made the early pick as we moved to the Niners real fast on this, cause we bring up Purdy, um, here we are. Listen, both dogs winning outright yesterday, which is what was going to happen until it didn't, was 22 to 1. It was actually for people who wanted to know that. If you picked the Lions to win outright and the Chiefs, um, that was 22 to 1. And so here we are with the Chiefs back in it, but I am I am at the point now where I listen, I understand where you are that, you know, when you're leading Rusher is your quarterback, and that your, I don't your have. Second leading receiver is your quarterback. By the, way, By the way, one of the
3: greatest plays in the history of football. <laughs> He's, you know. Lamar had to show Giselle what was up. Absolutely. <laughs> it can be done. Milos is my <laughs> husband. It can be done. He can't throw and catch it at the like, same time. A little bit a yak on that play, too. It was, actually, it was one of the water things I've seen. Yeah, so, he breaks a tackle, oh, it was incredible. He gone. Absolutely. So that's what's disappointing for me. It's something I'll have to live with for months. And, you know, outside of the lack of rushing attempts that we had as a team i mean that that zay flowers fumble is gonna haunt me it's a tremendous play by Snead. that dude's a pro ball all all pro caliber type of corner and you saw exactly um what happened there on that play and why he gets talked about the way he did look i don't have an issue with the effort the kid was trying to dive in there make a play the guy just came in and punched the ball out it sucks but those are the images that you live with as fans when your team gets to this portion of the calendar and you're four quarters away. Now we get kicked back down the Batman hole and who knows who's gonna climb out next year. It's it's certainly one of those deals. Let me ask you this your emotions throughout
2: the game, obviously you probably thought, uh oh, this is this is rough, but you were holding them. When there's two minutes to go in the game or a little over that. It's actually it's two twenty. 220, yeah. 220, 221 whatever it takes. Third and nine, you know Kansas City is going to go for the first down because it's Mahomes and it's a read. You know that and I heard, who was doing, was Olsen doing that game? No, he was on the uh, Fox. He was on the, I can't, can't remember. Romo and- yes, he was too busy telling me not to judge Dan Campbell because that would only be hindsight. No, I can judge him, all right. Like, there are two things that can be true at the same time. He can be the reason you got there, and he can also be the reason you're not going any further. Can
3: Josh Reynolds catch a pass, though? That too. Can can Josh Reynolds please catch a pass? I mean, I felt bad for Detroit there. Look, Campbell's going to get crushed for the fourth down decisions, but that's who they were all year, and they had a lot of success in doing it. Yeah.
2: I mean, we are like ping ponging back because these games just melt together for me. But I wanted to ask you this on third and nine with 219, you have no more timeouts because you've burned them and you had 12 men on the field, and your auto offsides was pretty cool, actually. What are we doing? And all that. But. Did you think you were going to get the ball back right then? It's third and nine. No, you didn't. No, because it was a weird. It wasn't the route. Because it, I mean, the MVS sneaks behind you guys, and obviously Mahomes makes a great throw there. Yeah, but you before he snapped the ball, you thought we're not going to get another shot here. Well, I thought, huh? Yeah. What if you did get another shot? What if that was incomplete and they're punting? Did then you, I'm like,
3: okay, here we go.
2: But before that, I was like, "Okay, this
3: is it's a wrap.
2: Yeah, It's a wrap. Boy, I, I listen. It was beyond brutal that they chose not to run very early. I said, "Gus getting three touches is a crime," and I do. I am completely convinced that they were shaken and stirred by Kansas well, City's first drive and their ability to go get points early. It made them think that they couldn't slow that game down, and know. they just didn't take. Um,
3: they didn't go to their identity. They came out of their identity, I thought, very early. It also doesn't help that Lamar saw what Jordan Love did and said, you know what, I should do that next week and throw it into to triple coverage. And I know his explanation after the game was he saw you know Isaiah Likely get bumped, on which he did, but you shouldn't need the refs to bail you out. That's just bad quarterback play there when you see there's three guys there, and I don't know what Likely's doing, throwing his hand up like I'm open. You're not open, man. <laughs> You're in yeah, triple he... coverage there, so I don't know what those guys were <laughs> That's thinking. True. Part of me thinks that Lamar thought that what they did last week where he kind of threw that jump ball up the Mm -hmm. likely and he caught it, that he was going to do that again. Well, that was back shoulder going and on a on linebacker one. underneath him. Listen, I'm with you. He wasn't it was a, throwing into triple coverage. I'm with you. It was a terrible decision. I'm just bringing to the table yeah. some of the things he said after the game, why he got rid of that football. But yeah, that's credit, what he said. Credit to the Chiefs, man. Here we are again with them in the Super Bowl. It's just... I'm it's, not... It's,
2: listen, it's your team. I'm upset for you. I'm not one of those guys that says, oh, no, it's Kansas. Kansas City used to be a very likable team back in the day. Like... They were like the team that you kind of rooted for a little bit. And now you're right. They've turned into... (laughs) They're the alter
3: villain. Yeah, but it's it's not like the Niners are any like... Both these teams have enough. Well, especially when you're bullying a kicker before the game, too. Why were they doing my boy Tuck like that, man? Well, he has
2: apparatus and stuff in their end zone. Get that <laughs> out of Chelsea here. balls were bullying my boy, man. I'm like, this is <laughs> tough out here. <laughs> Golly. Um, all right. When we come back, we're going to get to Mr. Dan Campbell, who obviously took the NFL by storm. The culture change, what he did with the Lions, is indisputable. Um, but what he did in this game, that was very winnable, is very. Judgeable and I will do it next. Rothman and Ice in the Fan. An ex jock and a very puffy, smooth faced man.
1: These are the first voices you should hear. Morning juice. Your wake up service.
5: Weekday mornings from six to nine. The fan. for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: You're listening to Rothman and Ice.
0: Sponsored by Pella Columbus. Windows and doors that go beyond. All right, guys, coming off
2: championship weekend into the Super Bowl. We are now uh, into the new year, and if it doesn't feel that great to you yet, then help Low-T Center. Uh, Let them help you make it a great one. And if you've been feeling tired or grumpy, you've noticed lack of motivation and drive, Uh, you've gained some weight here through the holidays and all that, but maybe it's something else. Maybe it is signs of Low-T, and you're curious to know what your number is. So at Low-T Center, they're going to make it easy. You'll get your levels checked. Simple blood test, they'll kick you the results in 25 minutes. So you go in, it's not like a typical doctor's office. This is concierge medicine just for men. So their physicians specialize in treating low T, and they've been exclusively treating men for years with most health insurance accepted. And they do have affordable, convenient treatment options, including physician-monitored self-inject treatments that will ship right to you every month to your home. There's no need to drive to the center for weekly visits. And right now at Low T Center, it's only 25 bucks, as I'd said. Get your T-level tested. So make your health and quality of life a priority. If you're not feeling your best and you're curious, this may be it, then find out. LowTCenter.com. Book that appointment online today. That's LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Um, I think it is time to judge Dan Campbell, and I think it's okay, even though Greg Olson told me it was not okay to do this. Um, Greg Olson also told me that it was not okay to fire Mike McCarthy because another team might want him. Um, this is flawed logic and it's flawed logic. Um, and I do see both sides of this with the lines. I do because I'm not uh, completely naive to a team's identity. I just talked about the identity that Baltimore got away from. So I'm not asking the lines to strip themselves of their identity. What I'm asking them to do is their coach is to feel a game. Situational football, And as I said to you before, Matty, I think Campbell can certainly be the reason they got there. He can also be the reason they didn't go further. Maybe he was afraid that it would send the wrong message to his team that they were playing not to lose instead of KO. I get that. I understand it. But the last thing you want to do when you're on the road against a very good team is somehow give up momentum. Now, I'm not here to guarantee that the field goal goes in. I don't know if it does. It would have been, I think, a 47-yarder. So that's no gimme. And listen, Badgley was, if you look at Badgley's field goals this season, I think he was um, 82.5% on his career. He's made 93-106 from under 50, so that's 87.5%. I'd have to go into where he was in the 40s. And then you add the pressure of the game, and I get it. But what I don't understand is giving up any kind of momentum there because you're midway third quarter and – You're up 14. If you make that field goal, and I know it's an if, and I'm going to play the if game here, you're up 17, and now you're stealing possessions. Now you are, because now it's a three-possession game. It's two touchdowns, two two two-point conversions, and obviously a field goal. And you've been dominating the game from the beginning. It's not like it's going back and forth. You've really owned this. Um, I wanted him to kick it. It's my nature, but I understand him thinking that this could be the chance to KO the Niners if we get. Because even if you pick up that fourth down, there's no guarantee you're getting a touchdown. Right. Um, You're only eating more clock and maybe eventually kicking the field goal anyway. Where were you on it? Because I was, even before the kick, before
3: the decision, I, I wanted them to kick it. I wasn't mad at anything Dan Campbell did yesterday. None of the fourth down calls really bother me. I got to be completely honest. Not even the last one where you definitely need 10 points? Because this is who they are. And I respect teams for going down swinging when you've done it all season long and you've had a lot of success in doing so. You continue to ride that wave. And that's why I look at those some of those situations. One of those, and and Josh Reynolds, he, he dropped a wide open pass. He had guys that just didn't execute. On some of those, so I can't look at... Well, that was on a third down. Well, I'm just saying some of those critical moments in the game to where you have players that aren't doing their part, I can't really look at Dan Campbell and say, well, all of this is his fault. Why don't their defense find a way to slow down the bleeding in the second half when you have a 24-7 to lead? I I look to Mm -hmm. look at some of those things, even though what you're highlighting makes a lot of sense to me, but I didn't walk away from that game thinking that Dan Dan Campbell and his decision-making was the sole reason why the Lions aren't in the Super Bowl.
2: I don't think it was the sole reason. I'm such a big proponent on holding on to momentum any way you can, and this is, like you said, this is who they are. They go for it in the league more than any other team in the fourth down. It wasn't a long. It was fourth and two on that early one. And if Reynolds catches that pass, that fastball to the outside corner, then all of a sudden maybe we're like, wow, it, they burned more minutes and it led to a field goal anyway. But I will say this it seemed to give the Niners every bit of life they needed at that time. And that's all I'm saying. It's 24 to 10. There's seven and a half to go in the third quarter. It's a fourth and two at the San Francisco 28 yard line. If I kick there and I go up 17, I really feel like it's a the mountain is too high for San Francisco. Here's Dan Campbell on the decision.
6: I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and not letting them play long ball. You know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. And I wanted to get the upper hand back. And it's easy hindsight, and I get it. You know, I get that. But... I don't regret those decisions. And that's hard because, you know, they didn't, we didn't come through. It wasn't able to to work out, but I just, I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. But this didn't work out.
2: So here's what I'm going to give him I'm going to give him that the scrutiny he's getting now is not half as much as he gets if they kick it and miss and lose. Mm -hmm. Because then everything that's said today is, like you said, you did it all season long. This is the NFC title game. It's a di- all games aren't the same. All situations aren't the same. Um, I understand what he was afraid of, and he didn't force Jameer Gibbs to fumble. I understand that right. Gibbs is trying to spin in traffic. They're trying to make something happen, but I feel like they lost momentum. San Francisco went out and scored after that. Lions fumble. IU catches a ball off a face on Vildor's face mask. Now things. you're a tie game. Yeah. But at that point, <laughs> but, but I will say this, and you'll probably agree, the entire implosion started on that decision. It did set the fuse. Whatever it was going to be,
3: everything turned then. I, I guess. I, I guess. But t- you mentioned some of those moments, and like that's what it took. or It's a freakish play where IU cashes in. On a huge shot downfield where it didn't feel like Purdy throughout the game was that comfortable to me until that moment and when those things factor in to your team and you say, wait a minute we kind of got momentum on our side, it just felt like that was what Detroit was up against in the entire second half. So if I'm a Lions fan, I I don't look at Dan Campbell and question anything that he did yesterday because of what you said with that field goal and if he would have flipped the script on us in the most important game, I would have had an issue uh, that way as well Because it felt to me early in this game that Detroit was going to bully San Francisco off the field with the way that they were running the ball up and down the field. David Montgomery looked really good. Jamison Williams had a very, very good game with a couple touchdowns there, had that end around to show his elite speed, and then he catches a late one in the game where they needed to get that onside kick, and obviously that they didn't there. But I was surprised that the game flipped in the way it did because the physicality was in Detroit's favor very early in the game, and it didn't seem like San Francisco had an answer.
2: Yeah. Eight minutes to go, he passed on another field goal on a fourth and three. When Goff rolled out, it was incomplete. That's who they were. Live by the sword, die by the sword. Hey, CB, play Shanahan's quick comment about those fourth down
4: decisions. That's how they've done it most of the year, and I think that's one of the reasons why they were here. So, like, you win a lot of games making some of those decisions, and then you make some decisions and you lose them. I mean, I don't think it always comes down to that. There's lots of plays that happen in the game, but, I mean, that's a decision that we all have to make, and it doesn't surprise me because he's made a lot of those decisions throughout the year that have won them a lot of games also.
3: Just real quick, just want to shine a light on how much Detroit went for it on fourth down. They went for 34% of the time during the regular season. That's the highest rate of any, any team this century. Mm-hmm. So that was their identity, and I respect them for going down swinging that way.
2: I'll tell you what, what would be nice to ask Shanahan in a private moment was, were you hoping they'd go for it or hoping they'd kick? Yeah, What were you thinking on the sideline? Like, that would have been a great follow-up, and I don't know if he would have told the truth, because he would have said, hey, we're, we're, we'd we be right. He, You know what he just said? Well, this is what they've done. We were ready for either one. He would he would exit stage left. We're ready for either one. You know how coaches are. (laughs) They giving you. I'd love to know because he's looking for any bit of momentum, and I think he's happy they went for it because he was down. Like we got to get something that'll fire my guys up. Uh, We'll have Jason B. Hershorn on next, the NFL writer. Uh, The Browns have a new OC, and they picked up a guy who was fired from another team. What does he think of that decision? We'll ask him next. Rothman and ice in the fan.
1: A lot has changed in 30 years, but we're still that old shoe that feels worn in and, and well loved. And while we smell a little, but, whew, you've accepted that the fan
0: without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather emergency or time of day, You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Helping you ace your afternoon. This is Rothman and Ice.
2: All right, welcome back into Rothman and Ice. We talk NFL with one of the best. He's the award-winning writer-reporter. He is Jason B. Hershorn. He's the co-founder of The Leap, the Packers newsletter, and he's with us now on the Brian Heaton Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Jason, welcome back.
7: Great to talk to you guys again.
2: Thanks. Before we hit Super Bowl and all the playoffs, I do want to get to some news uh, in Cleveland where they go ahead and they hire Ken Dorsey as their offensive coordinator. Now, I know there's this narrative out there that, you know, they move from Dorsey. The Bills do, and Joe Brady takes them. You know, much further than than Dorsey could have. Do you share that narrative, or is there some kind of nuance in there for you? I think there's a lot of nuance in there, and, and Joe Brady did do
7: a more than credible job when he was made the interim OC. It is also true that the Buffalo offense was technically more efficient and productive with Ken Dorsey there, and you can see that in the EPA per play numbers. You can see that in a couple of other metrics. Now, there could be things that you can't quantify in the numbers that could explain why the Bills needed to move on from Dorsey, and and I can't tell you that isn't true. But if you're looking at the actual on-field product when Dorsey was the play caller, it does, in fact, look like he did at least as good of a job as not better. All of which to say is, it is very understandable why the Cleveland Browns decided to take a shot in Dorsey here.
3: I want to talk to you about Championship Weekend now. Looking at the Lions and the Ravens, which fan base do you think should be missed, more disappointed in their team's performance?
7: Yeah, I think that's the Detroit Lions, and it's for a variety of reasons. Obviously, a one-point They were up big over the San Francisco 49ers, so when when you blow a lead like that, you're going to feel disappointed, kind of independent of context, but also there's a real chance, not a small chance, a real chance that the Detroit Lions peaked, the Dan Campbell era Detroit Lions peaked in that first half. Because this is not a team that has as many avenues to improvement as many of their top NFC contenders. You know They do not have one of those truly elite quarterbacks, even if Jared Goff has played pretty well during his time in Detroit. This is not an offense that overall is as explosive as a lot of the other top NFL off- or, yeah, NFC offenses. And there's not really a lot of ways that they can change that in a single offseason. There's a really good chance. They're about to lose their ace offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, to a head coaching opportunity. So you look at all of those things, all, the, all those potential sliding doors, and then you look at what the NFC looks like in 2024 in the future, it doesn't mean they can't get back there, but it becomes a lot harder to navigate that path. And it's often the case that with these teams, that again, do not have elite quarterbacks and the head coach is not himself, the offensive play caller and play designer, that you only get – one, maybe two of these years. And the Detroit Lions may very well find themselves to be in that position this time next year.
2: Yeah, you know, listen, it it has a little Atlanta Falcon feel to me. We'll see. You know, they had the big lead in the Super Bowl. Obviously, this wasn't the Super Bowl. But, you know, even when you're a good team, you get this shot. You know, in my lifetime, I didn't think I'd see the Lions in a Super Bowl, and maybe I never will. But um that was that was a collapse it absolutely was well, against a very good team on the road i'm gonna i'm gonna give them that i mean san francisco wasn't gonna quit i'm on the other side of that equation i thought the ravens came out of themselves i, I thought that i don't know whether it was that first drive the kansas city scored that shook the Ravens' psyche a little bit almost like uh oh it's gonna need a lot of points to win this and it turned out it didn't need a ton of points to win that and for for gus edwards to have three carries i thought was a crime i i just thought they threw deep a lot They were the best running team, I thought, in the NFL. Obviously, their quarterback has a big part of that, but I thought for a team that had a real tough identity, um, they just wanted to throw the ball all over the place, and maybe that's what Mahomes does to your psyche. What do you think?
7: I think a lot of that actually has to do with the Chiefs' defensive game plan. Steve Stagnola, the defensive coordinator, did a spectacular job of negating what the Ravens passing game could be. You know, they blitzed him in a lot of situations that he doesn't usually get, get splits. And, you know, he did a lot to get around that, right? Like he broke stacks, he had a lot of spectacular highlights. But if you're talking about the whole body of work. It was really hard for the Ravens to pass the ball. And then when they got down, you know, by halftime, really – it was extremely difficult to commit to that run game for them, knowing that at any given time, the Holmes that she's offense could break out. Now, That offensive breakout for the Chiefs didn't happen, but you combine all those things, you can see how the game script ended up looking the way that it did. So, yeah, it's heartbreaking for the Ravens, but the Ravens also have a good chance of being back in that situation next year, whereas the Detroit Lions, as we were discussing earlier, it's just going to be a harder path for them.
3: So hit us with your out-of-the-gate take on the Super Bowl that we're getting. Now that we we got San Francisco and Kansas City uh, again, your thoughts on this matchup and maybe one intriguing matchup within the game.
7: I thought for a few months now that the 49ers were the best team in football and the few teams I thought could actually compete with them on a, you know, like, say for a five game sample have now all lost in the playoffs. Chiefs are not one of them. Now, you don't want to write off Mahomes and Andy Reid. Like, that's a mistake that I'm not going to make, but I think there are far more avenues to this 49ers team winning. And some of those avenues involve them winning big. This is not a Chiefs offense that most weeks given what they have in the receiving core are going to be able to put up 30 plus points, the 49ers, though they have struggled to do that the last two weeks absolutely can put up that kind of offensive production at any given moment. So I think for those reasons, the 49ers defense has played pretty well, even if it didn't play particularly well in the first half of this or this past Sunday's game, I I see them winning and it's, gonna be really hard for Mahomes to overcome all those talent deficiencies the Chiefs have relative to the 49ers. Now he's done that kind of thing before, but it's such a big ask in this game.
2: You know, I thought like I just said, I thought maybe the Ravens certainly could run on the Chiefs. I heard there was a lot of kind of noise that you could run on them. San Francisco does bring a whole different equation with CMC to that equation. So I guarantee Shanny's gonna to commit to that for sure. Um, do you think mm-hmm. that that is something that the Chiefs will be ready for? You talked about their defense and how good it's been. What about the facing of that Niners offense with CMC?
7: Yeah, it's him. It's also Debo Samuel. Obviously, he factors into the run game as well. I mean, even on occasion, they will use George Kittle in that capacity. And the thing that the Chiefs have done to negate better offenses this year is what you saw on Sunday. They bring blitzes in particular situations, with all, in some cases with stimulated pressures, instead. And that's how they get to the quarterback. That's a lot harder to do against the 49ers. That as a team, because of the offense that they run, has a lot of answers for those blitzes. You know, their offensive line isn't great, but the offensive line doesn't have to be great if the ball's getting out in two seconds. That's a thing that they can absolutely do while still maintaining the ability to have explosive plays. So, you know, Brock Purdy could, as he tried to do at various points the last two weeks, throw the other team into a lead with those Interceptable passes. But if he doesn't do that, if they stick in their quick game and that run game that you were just talking about, they should have a huge advantage when their offense is on the field. And their defense, while not as good as some of the defenses they've had in previous years, is still really good. It finished fourth in DVOA this season. It's definitely capable of negating this version of the Chiefs offense. This is not, you know, the 2019 Chiefs offense, you know, the one with Tyree Kill and prime Travis Kelsey just a different outfit so especially if the Chiefs get behind and they can't lean on Isaiah Pacheco and that run game it's going to be really really hard for them to keep pace
3: real quick I want to get your take on what do you think's next for Bill Belichick there seemed to be a decent connection there early on between the Falcons and Bill they go with Raheem Morris and now he's kind of in a holding pattern it seems what do you think is next for one of the greatest of all time
7: well, at this point, while it's not technically impossible that he would land a head coaching job, it's kind of hard to see that happening. You know, he did an interview with the Seahawks. He hasn't interviewed with the Washington Commanders. Those two jobs probably fill up in the next few days, which means Bill Belichick is just not coaching, at least not in an on field capacity in the 2024 season. And that, that seems kind of crazy considering that he's a coach with that resume. But it's also kind of not crazy in this regard. Like all of these teams, or at least most of these teams, are going to transition or want to transition to a young quarterback. That has been an issue for Bill Belichick and his staff the last really like three, four years, the the Mac Jones era specifically. And it's really hard to sell an owner or decision maker on your plan being the best one for them when you want to bring in. All of those old Patriots assistant coaches, you know, is Matt Patricia going to be a big part of that solution? Probably not. You know, Josh McDaniels, I think, is still a capable play caller. But if that's the best name you can offer in terms of your staff, that's going to scare off some decision makers. And I think that's what happened this year. So, you know, next cycle, the 2025 cycle, I do think he'll still be in the running for that. I don't think he'll be too old to be a head coach. But I think he's going to have to have some more new names on his staff. And he can spend this year – trying to figure out who those people are, but he's going to have to put in that work to overcome some of these hurdles that a lot of these NFL decision-makers have right now.
2: Good stuff. Great insight going into the Super Bowl with our friend Jason B. Hershorn. Thanks, man. Enjoy the uh, two weeks of hype. All right, guys. Enjoy the game. Thanks to you as well. Jason was on the Brian and Cooling Systems fangus Hotline. All right, when we come back, we'll hit you with a Buckeye Bulletin. Uh, Ryan Day speaks about handing his offense over to bill o'brien how much will he be handing over you'll hear it next rothman and ice in the fan chops his serial killer eyes and
1: research can grow a full beard before lunch what can your friends do bishop and
0: friends weekday mornings at nine without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day.
4: Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Feeling the chill?
0: Call the experts at Logan Services now for hot deals on train furnaces, including zero percent
4: APR for sixty months.
2: All right, Buckeye Bulletin time. CB wanted us to take the entire segment and talk about Ohio State men's basketball. We decided Ooh. that we'll pivot there'll be plenty of time for that. Yeah, there'll be plenty of time for that. Please. And um But let's talk about Ryan Day on ESPN 850 Cleveland. So he was sharing some thoughts on his offseason, on the season that was, because let's face it, can't forget that. Everything's going just splendid right now, but you haven't played a game yet. Um, And the big one is, you know, bringing in Bill O'Brien, and the offense goes to this veteran coach and allows Ryan Day to really oversee everything. Here he is on that hiring.
6: You know, every year, again, you have to look and identify the things that, you know, you got to tweak, you got to change. And I felt like this was important for a lot of reasons. I felt like, you know, the, the landscape of college football, where it needs to be, where my focus needs to be. Uh, but I also feel like, um, you know, Bill, Bill brings a tremendous amount of experience um, to the table and wouldn't have done it just with anybody. I felt like Bill's experience of being a head coach in the conference, being a head coach in the NFL, uh, being at Alabama for two years and the success they had there, then Bryce Young fit very, very well with what we exactly we needed in the program at the time.
2: All right, so it kind of goes to the hey, he coaches for Ohio State. I need this guy. Let's find the money to pay this guy. Now, every program has the luxury of just running out and let's. Yeah. I don't know what they're paying him, but I'm certainly it's it's probably uh, starts with a million. That's where everybody starts. Got to be over that, I would imagine. And so here we are, and they we went into this season thinking, "What have you dialed up for Michigan?" And every time they got into a fourth and short, it was like, "Well, where are these play? Where are these secret plays that we hear you've been practicing and working on all season long that you're ready to unveil for Michigan?" And they weren't there. Now I don't know whether it was because he didn't have confidence in the personnel at the time at quarterback to pull it off, but now you got Bill O'Brien and a new quarterback. It'll be very interesting to see. Like how much, how aggressive they are, and where what
3: Bill turns this offense into with Ryan's Stamp of approval. A.R., this reminds me so much of last off season down in Texas A and M land, where Jimbo Fisher brought in Bobby Petrino, and you had a seasoned vet, a seasoned guy that obviously was a play caller, but a head coach at Louisville, and he had. A bunch of success there, and he, you know, coached up Lamar and helped him win a highs. But now you're flipping the page to Ohio State, and you have a head coach in Ryan Day who has been known as a really good offensive mind, but is trying to figure out different things that can elevate not only this offense, but the program to higher heights. And you bring in a guy like Bill O'Brien who's been there and done that and has a lot of experience both in the NFL but a lot of good experience at the collegiate level because of what Coach Day just laid out with his success with Bryce Young. It reminds me a lot of what happened there. Now, hopefully, Ohio State's going to have a much better year than what Texas A&M had. But there's no problem at all I see coming when it comes to the way that this is laid out. Because I know you can see stories like this sometimes and think, you know, maybe you got a couple head coaches and the egos are going to be big. I'm sure Coach Day has thought of all of those things. And he wants Bill O'Brien to come in here and do what he does as a play caller. And if those guys are on the same page, Mm -hmm. then this offense should be in really good shape.
2: All right. Then the other big elephant in the room is he doesn't get his chance to get revenge against Jim Harbaugh, here was his reaction to Harbaugh bailing from Ann Arbor.
6: Well, you know, right now to me, you know, it's it's more about our team. and You know, there's a lot of changes that are going on in college football. You, know, you look at Coach Saban retiring, right. seeing some different things around college football. And so, you know, all I keep talking to our guys and our staff about is, you know, we have to just really focus on, on our team. And, and there's going to be changes across the country, but we're looking for stability. We're looking to make sure that we continue to build and look towards the long-term. You know, where do we want to be in a year from now? Where do we want to be in three years? Where do we want to be in five years? Where is all this going? And so with all this change, we just have to focus on us and make sure that we're adapting with the times.
2: All right, so what did you expect? you expect something different there? I mean, I didn't. And certainly it wouldn't. it would come off that he was living in the past, that it was sour grapes. Like, there's nothing he can say there outside of... We're going to treat this game the same way we've treated it. We are going to do everything we can to win the game, no matter who's coaching there. And so that's what he said. I didn't expect anything different. But I think deep down, with the team he's assembled in this offseason, Maddie, like I gave that private moment to Shanahan, let's get him in a room. Mm-hmm. Did you want him to go for it fourth or Did you want him to kick it? I would love to hear that answer. The same thing to Ryan Day. All right, deep down, this guy had beaten you three times. He just won a natty. You really want him to leave, or do you really
3: want him to stay? He might say. What's he saying? He might say, hell yeah, I'm glad he's gone. He might say, or the competitor in him may be like, you know what, I really wanted to kick that dude's teeth in with the team some. that I have. right?" But I think he's at a point now, Coach Day, that you just got to beat the brand. You That's have he, to just take exactly. down the brand. When you're in the position that he's in right now, and look, Sharon Moore was roaming the sidelines last year, and we know how that yeah, game Yeah, he's owned one out. to him right now. Correct. So regardless of who is you know, the head coach of Michigan, it's all about just taking down that program. And we know that they're going to be locked in, and we're, you know, more than a handful of months away. I get that, but I'm sure that has already started the process of what we can do to get over that hurdle.
6: Um,
2: a lot of fans, and I would think including us, I don't want to speak for you, but. Um, have the feeling that Will Howard, this is his job to lose. Something would have to go very wrong for him to go away from that experience and lean back into Devin Brown. However, here he is on 850 Cleveland talking about the QB battle in the spring.
6: Yeah, it's it's, uh, a room that uh, really uh, creates competition. I think you'll see that with all the guys in a room and they're looking for a very competitive spring and it's a great opportunity to start fresh with Coach O'Brien in terms of walking into that room and um, we know what the expectation is, and I think the guys in that room know what the offense is, the, the surrounding cast, and and what's out in front of them. So uh, they they've started well these first couple weeks, and uh, it's going to be a great competition, and it's going to be fun to watch this spring.
3: How much of it is a competition? Well, you know, I, like that's what we don't really know how he truly feels about that room. Because I'm with you, I think you bring in a guy like Will Howard. That's pretty obvious who at least he wants to be the guy.
2: So when you talk about competition, there may be an underlying value to the competition is that I know who I think is going to be my starter. I have to make that guy as good as possible. I said it last year that you don't mind a competition. If Kyle's my guy, I want Devin to push him as much as possible. I want to see every last thing I can see, and maybe that's it. Maybe it's the same mentality. Last year, he kind of knew he was going with Kyle, the safer decision, and now he knows he's going to Will Howard, but now I want these guys to think they can get it from him. Maybe so, yeah. That's today's Buckeye Bulletin. All right, folks, go see my friends over at Jermaine Han of Dublin. Uh, They're on Samuel Road just south of 270. Uh, Rich, my dude over there, runs an outstanding dealership. And you know the products. You know the reliability of Honda. You know the redesigns, how sharp they are. You know how much bang for your buck you're going to get. But where you're going to get is a lot more at Jermaine Han of Dublin. Um, They have it all. So same-day service, no appointment necessary. Everything that they offer is a relationship with you and their product. Because you can obviously choose other Honda dealerships, but I truly recommend Germain Honda of Dublin because of their team. If you have Honda loyalty, if you've been a brand owner, then you know you can strike now on these amazing leases on the redesigned 2024 Passport EXL all-wheel drive. And the 2024 Pilot EXL all wheel drive. If you want a pilot and you've seen the new one, you're like, wow, I don't even recognize it. That thing is sharp. So scout your next awesome vehicle with my friends at Jermaine Honda of Dublin and go to their site, com, and you can take a look for yourselves. All right, when we come back, we'll hit a deep dive. We got a kiss on the field. Will we get a Swifty Championship kiss in Vegas? We'll give you the latest odds. Rothman and Ice on the Fan.
1: We have so many local shows,
2: I
0: can't fit them in a 10-second promo.
1: So let's just say we're live and local all damn day. The fact.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Most shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and I feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for a deeper dive.
2: Hi, right, welcome back in. Super Bowl is set. Two weeks from yesterday. Uh, Vegas. Vegas, baby. Niners and Chiefs. Uh, I went to the Super Bowl in 2020. It was at the Hard Rock in Miami. It was the one where the Niners had the lead. Chiefs came all the way back. Garoppolo misses Emmanuel Sanders deep. Mahomes gets the the deal. And then you know what happened after that? The world shut down about, what, six weeks later. Mm. So it was certainly um, Mahomes' day that day. He's now gone on the road and done it now twice. Like This feels... Almost like a coronation, but uh, you got to be really careful. This Niners team is back, and they want it as badly as anybody. The discrepancy, Matty, between Mahomes and Purdy is the narrative you'll hear for the next two weeks. You cannot, you couldn't come up with. I guess you could if the guy was undrafted. You could, you could come back with a big, bigger discrepancy of quarterbacks. When you think in your mind of what, and I, I remember when I said this to you about. I may have said it last year, but I think I said it this year when we were talking about Purdy for the MVP. And I said, you know what? He certainly deserves to be in the conversation. He's on a really good team, though. And let's fast forward past that. I said, you know what? I I don't know what he really is and when I'll find out if he gets to a Super Bowl. Because if we plop that guy down in the biggest game in the history of the world, and now he's going up against Mahomes, I almost feel like now, and it could have been the Ravens, too. It could have been Lamar, too. He was going to be on house money no matter who he played against, but since they lost to this team, there there's some pressure on him now to make sure he lives up to this
3: just almost fairy tale story. It's kind of sad though that <laughs> he the goalpost continues to I move know. on him. Because- I hear you. Last year, the dude got injured early in the NFC Championship game against Philly, so we really didn't get to see what he was made of there. This year, he circles back around, puts together another really good season, wins the NFC Championship game, and there's still a lot of, yeah, but he's got to beat Pat Mahomes, arguably the greatest of all time, in the Super Bowl for us to give him credit. And that's this a wild place, but that's where people are. And even if they win the game, I think there's going to be a lot of, well, you got Shanahan calling plays and see and CMC around you. I don't know what the man needs to do. I really don't know what the man needs to do to get the respect I think he has earned at this point. But flipping it back to Kansas City, what I think for me is really scary about this year and what they've accomplished is this was one of the worst offenses we've ever seen. Pat Mahomes' run in Kansas City. And he's still four quarters away from winning a Super Bowl. Now, a large part of that is how elite their defense has been all season long and they put that on display yesterday holding Lamar and the Ravens to only 10 points in the AFC title game but that's what I think should be scary for a lot of people as we talked all season about Kansas City and the wide receivers Mm -hmm. and they led the NFL in drops and this and that and they still found a way and that just speaks to the greatness of him I mean you and I were watching some of the highlights during the break that touchdown pass he throws at Travis Kelsey is sick I mean the dude's right there for Baltimore it's a back shoulder throw great throw and a Hall of fame catch from two hall of famers connecting there and these guys have found confidence at the most important time of the season and that's what we talked about coming out of that buffalo game is you watch how they went about their business and travis kelsey's catching touchdowns and mvs is making big catches caught another one yesterday and rasheed rice the rookie doing his thing that's what's terrifying is that a team that probably questioned what they really could be this year Mm -hmm. has caught a bit of momentum. Now it wasn't through the roof with yardage and points yesterday, but they had just enough from their key guys to keep this train rolling. And they've got an all world defense attached to their, to their offense right now. It's special what they've done this year.
2: Yeah. You know, listen, I, we talked about, you know, this NFL wanting to force feed us Mahomes. There was nothing in that game. Maybe a call here or there. And, and I know the taunting, on on flowers and all that and you could make a case kelsey was that kelsey there was up there with stuff. his little first down but but i think that was almost instigated by a raven and then so he'd give the first down move in front of the guy's face mask um right do some guys get a little longer leash on that stuff of course but we see it all the time with flowers and green. moving his moving
3: the guy off of him and you then do it kind of you, you can't do it but to your point Guys like Travis Kelsey, a guy like Draymond Green in the NBA gets away with a lot because he has that reputation. And whatever reason, refs give him a lot of leash. Look, there are people hitting me up that said Travis Kelsey should have been popped for a couple flags throughout the game. I get it. There was a couple pass interference plays that I could look at and say the refs could have easily thrown a Mm -hmm. flag there. But I didn't leave that game yesterday thinking that the Zebras cost our team the game it's just we did a lot of things to hurt ourselves nice. yesterday, and we got away from our identity. Yeah, so winnable.
2: Just a yeah. crime that they didn't line up and run that ball, give it a and especially in a low-scoring game. Like I said earlier in the program, um, I think Kansas City getting those early 14 points made John Harbaugh and that crew believe that this was going to be a track meet and we're going to have to throw the football, and they really didn't have to. And, so, and the defense obviously needed to – they played so good in the second half – and then mistakes. I mean, here's the deal. Let's just call it what it is. Zay Flowers fumbling going into the end zone, going airborne, was a gamble that if that pays off, you may win the game. Mm-hmm. If Lamar doesn't come back to that progression and throw into triple coverage, the game maybe changes. You guys get a defensive stop on a third nine. He gets the ball at the end. like. There are many opportunities, and so in a low scoring game for the Ravens to win that, and it was the kind of game. They really played into their hands. Like, that's the kind of game they want to play, and they they just did
3: not lean into it. And they lost their composure. They lost their composure in spots. I thought the Kansas City offensive line bullied us around throughout the game. You know how I'm feeling. I think the way I'm feeling today may be how Rams Rams fans felt a few years ago when they lost to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl and they only scored three points. When you deal with these all-time quarterbacks and you have a chance when you see your defense go out and do their thing, Like those are the ones that really sting. If you would have told me before the game that Kansas City would have only scored 17 points in total and zero in the second half, I'd be like, I'll take that script all day long. Rams fans a few years ago saying you're going to go up against Tom Brady and he's going to score 13 points in the game in the Super Bowl. You're probably thinking we have that in the bag. And that's what's going to drive me nuts is just think about what our defense did do and our offense couldn't do their part and they had done it all all season long. So Mahomes, I brought this up on Friday. When you are one of these young quarterbacks on the AFC side of things that have to deal with this guy, you're going to have your opportunities, and when you get that opportunity, you got to slay the dragon. Think about what Mahomes has gone through this postseason alone. He went through Tua, he went through Josh Allen, and he went through Lamar Jackson and knocked all of them off. And now all of these guys are going to be sitting back in the offseason saying, well, man, <laughs> I don't know what I got to do to beat this guy, but he is the gatekeeper. He is the new Tom Brady on the AFC side of things for all of these elite quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, Lamar, Josh Allen, Tua, you name them, Herbert. He is the guy. And that has to be really frustrating mm-hmm. to know that my a lot of my accomplishments throughout my career are going to be dependent on whether or not I can beat 15. And he
2: went on the road twice
3: yeah. at Buffalo and at Baltimore
2: two really, really tough environments, and pulled it off. And I said last Friday, and I didn't take the bait, um, I do think Vegas got exposed last week, and it happens. It doesn't happen often, yeah. but I kept saying numerous times that, and by the way, the spread went up. It went it went up. It was at four, I think it was even, maybe even at four and a half at some point before game time. And that, that tells me, I mean, here comes the money on the Ravens. They're begging you to take the Chiefs, and you feel like there's something wrong when Vegas is trying to make you take a team usually you stay away from it i just i went into i'm going to live and die with patrick mahomes i'm not going to turn down points with him and here we are again where he is an underdog and i talked about his record in underdog games 9 9 and like he'd only lost one game and you think about him now now the spread may not come into play he's is he a true underdog he's a one point dog it's a coin flip game mm-hmm. so this won't go off as Boy, they're disrespecting Patrick Mahomes. That's now how this is going to be played. This is the perfect one with uh, with the Super Bowl, and they should get both action. They should get action on both sides of this. And the spread shouldn't come into play. I doubt this is going to be a one point game. We've seen it happen before. So it's really about who you think's going to win the game. I know San Francisco opened quickly as like a two and a half point dog and it got bet down already. You know, is this a pick at at kickoff? Probably so. It makes it a beautiful game. But when you think about Mahomes, Maddie and that you don't have to give up points now with him. It's just San Francisco can be so complete. Yeah. Um, here is, I guess, let's let us let him have a say before the spread moves. He is still a dog technically today mm-hmm. at one point.
5: Just going into two hostile environments, having to come together as a team and, and to win those games and, and hold that trophy, it really was special. But if I have my choice, I'd rather do it at Arrowhead. So we'll try, after we go through the Super Bowl and hopefully win it, we're going to try to get it back at Arrowhead next year.
2: Well, listen, he's proven that the road meant nothing. He's still the man. He's the difference maker. And Kelsey flips the switch and becomes the Hall of Famer that he is. Yeah. The running game is there, and that defense is underrated. I, You know where I thought they could be got is through the air. And I know that's why Baltimore is trying it. I thought the defensive secondary for Kansas City played better than I thought they would yeah. yesterday. And then the blitzing. They didn't want to make their guys cover forever. You, Lamar beat them on a couple, yeah. scrambling around, but they they played aggressively
3: in both areas, offensively and defensively, and it paid off. Tom Monkin played into the hands of Steve Spagnuolo. That's just the bottom line. He, he got away from what they had done at a very, very high level all season long and for whatever reason they flipped the script and i saw my team do this a couple years ago they got into the postseason and i don't know if this that's them trying to make some type of point or something that you mentioned maybe early on they felt a shift in the way they needed to go about the game but we always hear the term in sports that you need your big time players to step up in the biggest moments and that's exactly what travis kelsey is doing right now he caught two touchdowns last week a touchdown this week Caught all 11 of his targets yesterday for north of 100 yards. This dude's playoff resume is absolutely ridiculous number wise when what he does in leading up to the postseason, he did not look like Travis Kelsey. A lot, a lot of people thought it was the, you know, the Taylor Swift distraction and maybe he's getting a little washed up because he's in his mid thirties and he's had some injuries. He said, no, 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 I'm saving all of that for the postseason and the most important games. Travis Kelsey has been gold jacket material.
2: You know, I think about San Francisco, and they've been on the ropes now twice, and they've come off the ropes to win. Can you come off the ropes against Mahomes? That's the, You can't against Jordan Love. You can't against Jared Goff. Can
3: you do it against Mahomes? AR, I don't think that Kansas City defense will allow you to do it. That's the part, too. I hear you on Mahomes, but that defense that they've been Mm -hmm. all season long. You and I talked about this on Friday. They were top three in points allowed all season. They're going to squeeze you to death in that game. And I don't know if Brock Purdy and that offense can do to Kansas City what they did to Detroit yesterday. Because Detroit has shown you all year that they'll let you back in games because their defense, especially on the back end, wasn't that sharp. I'm not seeing that with Kansas City.
2: Yeah, I'm not either, and I feel like if we do a Bet365 right now, I'm going to probably um, – boy, what I want to take – see, I just don't see this spread going anywhere. I, no, like unless it's, some it's a freak pick-up. injury happens yeah, in like, the next week and a half. You just got to decide like who you think is going to win the game, so that's yeah. kind of boring. I feel like there's got to be something in there that we could find because in any t- – time, by the way, in any time touchdown for CMC, like last <laughs> week for I told it. you, death and taxes, for like, it. I mean, <laughs> we could do that. You're just going to have to pay the freight to do it. I mean, he should – if you Here's the deal. If you believe San Francisco is going to score in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. this guy's got to get one 100%. of
3: them. 100%. So
2: he's at minus 225 right now on an anytime touchdown. So that's that's a big freight to pay. You'd have to pair that with
3: something else. I like him what, for a first quarter anytime touchdown score. Get that game, script, get that game script going. They're going to have those plays dialed up. Shanahan's going to want to get him the ball early and often. That's at plus 350, the juice on that. 350. So not the first touchdown. Just the first just a quarter, quarter, anytime quarter touchdown. touchdown for CMC is what I'm going to do okay. to start off the Super Bowl run. If you guys want to do that, you can yep. do so by signing up at oh.bet365.com because whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. And
4: may the odds be ever in your favor.
3: Alright, we'll see.
2: It's early. Get our bets in now, right? Lock it in. All right, we're going to come back with pre-snap reads. There was something that happened in your game that the three of us talked about last week. Will this be the one that puts it over the edge for a change? Rothman and Ice and the Fan.
1: Your morning just got beefier. Morning Juice
5: with Beamer, Bobby, and Shark.
4: Weekdays from 6 to 9.
5: The Fan, Ohio sports Destination For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time.
0: Sponsored by the Low T Center,
2: reinventing
0: men's health care.
2: You know, the only time we blew it backing Mahomes was in that Super Bowl against Brady, where the Chiefs O line was just absolute trashed. And Tampa had a really good defense, and we're like, no, no, he's the difference maker. Well, he has been, because in the playoffs, he's 14 and 3. All right, 39 passing touchdowns to seven picks. So the greatness that we're witnessing is real. And actually the only active guy to beat him, um Joey got him. Joey got him and Tom, Tom got him. And Brady got right? him. Yep. Yeah. So it's pretty laughable how good he is right now. And he's a one point dog. Now, in the Wayback Machine, about three about oh two and a half years ago, I think, we find out, you and I, that his that his rookie card for the Chiefs has been sold for four point three million dollars. Mm. Think about that. You got that amount of coin. Now, it's an investment for a lot of people, too. Yeah. But when he lost that Super Bowl, because that would have been after the purchase, correct? I believe Right about that. So. so, I go on the hunt to find this guy. And little do I know, he's a local guy. Mm. Like, of all the places... That you sold, that a $4.3 million trading card sold right here in Columbus, Ohio. So it was a place called LJ's Card Shop. And then I went on a deeper dive and like, all right, what's going on here? How is this happening? And I find out Leo Roberto was the guy. Mm -hmm. And then we said, hey, you want to come on the show? And he did. And I remember talking about it. And then the one um, thing we didn't ask about, you know, bringing him on later was like this journey, this roller coaster of riding Mahomes. Oh, I thought you were going to say, uh, "Do we get a cut?" No, no, no.
4: <laughs> that's, that's
3: the one thing I forgot. That you guys me. interested in buying, <laughs> and taking get, it off we, my hands?
2: We get a cut of this? Yeah, well, we think at four point three, it's probably worth about maybe two point three now. Maddie and I are going to go in on this. Uh, this is a time to buy, buy low. So, it was the highest part ever? Was the highest price ever paid for a football card, from my knowledge, at least when we interviewed him, it was. Because Tom Brady's rookie card went for about three million, so this thing totally shattered it. And you and I were like, like thinking the last couple of years, we're like, hmm, I wonder if there's a little regret in this because if you're going to spend four million, you got to believe he's going to be better than Brady,
3: and that's a big if. So, who knows? He's on his way, man. Because this is getting ridiculous. He makes it look so easy. And look, I, I the investment's I, good, is what you're saying. Absolutely, now? the <laughs> investment is good. Look, Patrick Mahomes is great, but I just I want to keep talking about their defense because they deserve to be talked about in a very very positive light today. Chris Jones, all of these guys on the Sneed, all of these elite players that they have. That's been the story this year. It's it hasn't been Pat Mahomes in the offense. So the the this structure of this. Kansas City Chiefs team this season has been completely different. They could blow you off the field in years past with Tyreek and Travis Kelsey. And last year, Juju was in the mix, but that I think is a great job of how they built this team, their GM, their front office, to have all of these elite playmakers on defense as well because without that defense mm-hmm. this season, they're not, they may not even get into the postseason this year right. with the way that their offense looked all season long.
2: So his first Super Bowl win was that one in Miami at Hard Rock where they beat the Niners in twenty twenty. Then he buys the card, right? The rookie card four point three. Yeah, yeah. The next year Tampa drills him in the in the Super Bowl. And you and I are going, boy, a sucker's born every minute. He's he's yeah. hating life now. And now he's back again after beating Philly in a just a epic Super Bowl this past year in Glendale. Mm-hmm. And now if he wins this one, you gotta feel like the guy that bought the card my boy Roberto. Did the investment risk. Because the long term risk for a card, first is injury, right? Player gets injured, he plays football. That's that's you gotta consider that. What's gonna derail this career? And then the other danger I thought was, well, the bar is set so high. If he doesn't pass Brady or get near Brady, what does the four point three do? Because if you're not the greatest of all time, then the card can't be, I would think, worth But I heard Orlovsky saying that if he gets to five, like if he passes Montana and Bradshaw and those guys, Mm -hmm. that he could be considered the best of all time with less, which is interesting because they don't give LeBron, obviously, that um, leeway over Jordan that you actually have to get to. I'm wondering from your standpoint... Would Mahomes ever be considered the greatest of all time if he doesn't at least match Brady? I don't know how he could. The
3: championship thing can get dicey because I don't think any of us put Terry Bradshaw in that realm of elite quarterback Mm -hmm. play and talent, pure talent. I think with Mahomes, right, because of what we see him do athletically with the different arm angles and his rushing ability and all of that, like, yeah, you get a handful of chips, then... You know, you can absolutely be in that conversation for me personally. That's a lot to ask for one guy to get to seven Super Bowls to be Mm -hmm. considered one of the best, if not the best, at the end of the day, he's going to be right there on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, you're always splitting hairs with these guys, and the GOAT conversation no matter what sport you're in is going to hit different based off what area you're in, what you really care about as far as statistical categories, and all of those things. When he is done, he will be right there. I think regardless of how many championships we see, because there's a lot of former players that are already crowning him as that guy, and he's got a, a couple right now already. So yeah, it's uh, it's... It's if he loses this man, that,
2: one, there'll be no real shame because it'll be to the Niners. But it, but the other guy would who wins it will be Purdy, will be Mr. Irrelevant. So he will look like he lost a Super Bowl, depending on how he plays, to a guy that was uh, the final pick in the draft. I think it'll be uh, very interesting. Maybe we get Leo back on the horn, see if this card is... Uh, so we can get a cut. That's why we get a, back on the horn. Well, sure, know? the free advertising. Yeah, you would yeah. think it's worth something. I'll so- let you hold it. <laughs> but in its protective armored case... Um, your guy, oh, the touchback man. that happened, you and I did, debated this. Here's John Harbaugh on Zay Flowers and going airborne and losing the ball.
8: When you reach for the end zone, uh, he had two hands on the ball. What? We coached two hands when you reach for the end zone. Uh, he had two hands on the ball.
3: Uh-huh. I'm not mad Good at job, it. Good job, Johnny. <laughs> listen, well done. I, I, listen, the results sucked. It did. But that's a tremendous play <laughs> by Ladarius Snead there a tremendous play by him to come out of nowhere and punch that ball out like coach just said he went in there with two hands secured around the football and just got it knocked out
2: man he went airborne because that's what guys want to do you break the plane it's a touchdown doesn't matter if the ball gets knocked away if you break the plane i understand the gamble on both sides i do but the bottom line is it's a gamble it's the most important place on a football field the end zone and if I you're guess- going to try to get if you're going to try to do that you take
3: the risk into account that's, that's all i'm saying yeah i just don't know i guess i don't know what else i would have rather him do in that situation i think yeah. every playmaker with the ball in their hands would do exactly what he did in that moment
2: it's the touchback rule that people seem to have such a bad problem with because it airs on such a drastic penalty to offense not only you lose the ball you lose it going into the end zone if it goes out now you're getting it on the 20 yard line or whatever. i i listen i i feel like the game is so slanted offensively anyway if you take the gamble, you take the gamble. I I have no real problem with it. I don't know why there's such a push to get this thing changed. But it seems to
3: be. You don't think it'll change on this. I think there's gonna be enough of noise around it this offseason that they'll at least discuss their options of what they should do with this rule this offseason.
2: Depends on which owners have been on which side of the heartbreak, there apparently. Go. There you go. All right, those are pre snap reads for today. We'll take a break. We're gonna come back with Steve Hellwagon our friend from 24-7 Sports. And I asked the question about the dynamic between Ryan Day and Bill O'Brien. How much of the offensive play calling is he giving up? hundred percent? We'll ask him next. Rothman and Ice on The Fan.
1: We're the highest rated sports radio station in America.
5: There's no joke there. We just are The Fan. Ohio sports destiny. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get
6: it done. Thoughtfully discussing the merits of Home Run In's Frozen
1: Pizza. This is Rothman and Ice.
2: Yeah, should be clear, we're bringing up the touchback rule because of we talked about it last week. Obviously, this didn't go out of the back of the end zone, but there are a lot of people that just hate that in general, and this brought vibes about it, but I, I do appreciate people pointing that out. Steve Hellwagon is our guy, 24-7 sports, talking Buckeyes. He's done it forever, and he does it very well. He's with us now on the Brian Heaton Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. He is back in business on
8: Blue Star. Good to have you, my friend. <laughs> Oh, good to be here, guys. And, you know, I don't have a problem with that rule, even fumbling out of the end zone. And here's why the inches (laughs) close to that goal line are the most important inches in football. And you need to finish the play and get that ball across the goal line. There's a risk involved if you can't do that. And it cost them the game last night. You know, the two turnovers in the end zone cost them the game. And,. And that's you got to finish the play. You got to put the ball in the end zone. I don't have a problem with it.
2: Yeah, neither do I. And it's a huge gamble. And by the way, what people forget to talk about is that you don't even really have to hold on to the ball, which is another slant to the offense. You just got to break the plane. They're not even they're not even making you if you're a runner come down with the ball with recovery like it's. So it's already slanted way towards the offense. So if you fumble before and it goes out the side of the end zone, back of the end zone, I I got no problem with it being a touchback. I'm with you. Yeah, Um, yeah, no doubt. Let me ask you this about the Bill O'Brien hire. Um, Is it your understanding? I don't know if Ryan Day has really, you know, tilted his hand on this to everybody. Is this 100% Bill O'Brien, like this is your offense, I just stamp it with approval? How do you feel about it?
8: Well, I think what happened was this past year, things obviously didn't go well. And some of that you could lay at the feet of the offensive line and their inability to to do their job completely, the uh, inconsistent play. Of the quarterback at times uh certainly had a factor in this but uh, the offense was down 12 or 13 points from where it had been the year before so i think that uh, i don't think this was a knee-jerk reaction or something that oh we've got to you know revamp everything or anything like that but i do believe that he's come to the realization that maybe he does not have all the answers and i think that he de- definitely missed Kevin Wilson as that veteran voice in the background to kind of ground everybody on, okay, that's great, but this is still the big 10 conference and we've got to be able to do this. And I think at times they just got away uh, from what they needed to be able to do. And so, uh, you know, I don't look at it as indictment of Brian Hartline. Again, I, I think had Brian Hartline had uh you know, the offensive line and the quarterback that they'd had the last four years, it would have looked a lot different than the final result uh, that that they got this year. And I think for him, this is a great learning experience to work alongside a guy of Bill O'Brien's uh, experience now. And he's been there and done it at the NFL and at the highest college levels. And, uh, you know, I think everyone's going to come out of this better for this. I, that's my firm belief. What do you
3: understand about Joe Philbin and his role now? I know last year he was brought in as an analyst. Have you heard anything about whether or not he's going to have his fingerprints on this offense?
8: You know, I think it's still early in the off season for all that to be uh, shaken out. And I don't know what the relationship with O'Brien and Philbin is. If they're acquainted with one another. I know that was through Heartline and, and uh, Heartline had played for Philbin. And, uh, you, you know, I think Philbin came in and, and again... I I think the results were the results. I mean, the offensive line struggled and uh, the quarterback was up and down and as a result, uh that was kind of what you got. They struggled even running the football times. I mean, it was it was, you know, against the better competition. You think about the Penn State game, what a struggle that was. The Notre Dame game. You win those two games, but you didn't look good doing it, obviously. And so, I just feel like they have the weapons. They've got the two running backs now, the cadre of wide receivers with a Buka coming back and a veteran quarterback coming in in the hope that the offensive line will be better. That, uh, that if Filden is there uh, and sticks around for another year or however it goes, then uh, yeah, I think it's going to be an all hands on deck thing. You, you, you exhaust all possibilities. I think they were at their wits end though, you know, at the end of the year, exactly what what can we do? What do we hang our hat on? And it wasn't running the football, and at times it wasn't throwing the football. <laughs> so, You know, it was it was a tough offense to watch at times.
2: Steve Hellwagon with us, twenty four seven sports on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems FANGUS Hotline. So this is the last. This was the last year of the Ohio State Michigan game as we know it, as far as there being a a true kind of. Loser eliminated and all that. Now we're going to the 12-team playoff. Where you, where do you stand on the potential of moving the game? Because, oh. it, it, you know what I'm saying? Because there's, now there's this thought of, okay, you could play him the next week because you go away from the division. So you you could play him next week in Indy. You could then, I mean, you could see him a third time, obviously. Do you think, because we've lost a lot of tradition now, Steve, You know, yeah. to, to money and where this is going. I'm not saying the game doesn't matter. The game certainly matters. But it won't have that all or nothing feel to it moving forward. Do you think they'll ever move it off the last weekend of the regular season?
8: Man, that would be a hard thing to do. I I just, I mean, that's been the tradition since 1935. I mean, that is just crazy. And yet, you know, what have we seen go by the wayside? West Virginia and Pitt, although they're playing a few games here and there. Uh, Oklahoma, Nebraska, you know, Texas, Texas A and M, although they're going to play again probably in the SEC uh for for however long texas a&m stays in the sec (laughs) you know a lot of rumors and stuff out there well now that texas is here we don't want to be here you know that type thing but uh i think money is going to dictate all of that and and money dictates you know everything in college sports right now i think when this came out uh ryan day was like oh maybe we could move it and jim harbaugh said (laughs) you know no way you know that he lived it he played in it you know he knows what it means it's got to be the last game of the season and if they play again the following week then so be it we saw that with Cincinnati in their league uh just uh what a, a couple years ago the year they made the playoff I think they played the team one week and then had to play them again in the conference championship the following week and so uh, you know, it is what it is. I think let's, let's get into it for a few years and see how it goes with an 18 team league. I think it's a little bit myopic to just assume it's going to be Ohio state Michigan in the Mm -hmm. championship, just because they've been the dominant teams the last three years. I, I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case for, for first of all, I think Michigan is, you know, on, on the edge of the cliff here. I mean, they're, they're probably going to get whacked by the NCAA. and If they get whacked by the NCAA, then they're not eligible to play in that game the following week, this coming year, potentially. So I think there's a lot of moving pieces and parts to it, but for it to not be the, the Thanksgiving weekend game anymore, that that doesn't make sense to me.
3: Steve, we had uh, the pleasure of talking to Tom Luganbill last week, and he told a cool story about Nick Saban, talking to him about Caleb Downs and how special of a player he thought he was. Now he clearly is a Buckeye. How dominant do you think this defense will be next season?
8: Well, they were outstanding this past year. On the whole, I think uh, certainly uh, the Michigan game, uh, Michigan made a few plays against them, and that's the one outlier. I mean, you can't really hold them accountable uh, for the Missouri game. Gave up two touchdowns, you know, two long drives, definitely. But, uh, you know, I I don't know. I they They were outstanding. And uh, I think they'll be uh, just as good, if not better. Uh, the key is going to be at linebacker. You, you have two new starters at linebacker, and, and you need guys to fill in there. you lose Mike Hall, Jr. up front, and uh, Proctor out of the back line. But you got everybody coming back, and uh, you're adding Caleb Downs, who was a freshman All-American leading tackler at Alabama as a freshman. That's amazing and it gives them the ability to go in a lot of different directions. Do you move Sonny Styles up to linebacker as as part of that? Uh, does C.J. Hicks move from linebacker up to the defensive line, potentially, as part of that, as a rush in maybe? I mean, how, how do all the pieces fit in there? I think spring football, that's where uh, Jim Knowles and his assistants are going to really sink in. We haven't heard who the 10th and final assistant is going to be yet, and, and what, what does that impact the staff and how they'll go through spring ball and assess everything as well. So what do those responsibilities look like? Do they get somebody to help Larry Johnson with the defensive line? Do they hire James Laurinaitis to to help Jim Knowles with the linebackers? What, what are they doing here? So uh, Matt Guerreri is a, is a returning face going to take over the safety spot from Perry Eliano. So uh, get into the spring and uh, let those guys go to work, mix and match the combinations But you know eight or nine of the names already who are going to be out there for the first snap against Akron. It's just those last two or three spots that are kind of up for grabs right now. And and what we saw of those eight or nine guys was really good this past year.
2: No doubt. Steve-O, great to have you on, man. We'll have you back soon. Be well. Yep, take care, guys. Thanks. Steve Hellwagon, 24-7 Sports, veteran uh, reporter here since the late 80s. Um, All right. If you haven't been feeling your best, you know what I'm going to tell you. Uh, It's a new year still. Low T Center can help you make it a great one. So if you've noticed lack of energy, motivation and drive, it could be low T. So I want you to schedule your health assessment at Low T Center. They're going to offer the convenience of physician monitored, self-injected home testosterone treatments if you need it with an average payment of 150 a month cash pay, including labs and meds. Now, the key is getting your numbers to find out. Um, don't put the cart before the horse here. Let's go get your numbers and decide where you are on the scale, and then they can advise you. And this is the place to do it for 25 bucks right now. 25 bucks. get your T-level tested. You've been curious about it. The on-site lab that they have, you'll get those results back in 25 minutes. So it's very important for you to do this now. Go to lowtcentercom and you can book your appointment online. Um, if you wind up getting the treatment, if you don't live near a low T center, you like that convenience of at home treatment, they're going to make it really easy. They'll ship the treatments directly to you. So all you have to do is go in there and take the test and find out where you are on the scale. LowTCenter.com, dot Low T Center reinventing men's health care. We'll come back. Tell the truth is next. Rothman and Ice in the fan.
1: The only show where sports talk is eclipsed by food talk. Oh, no. Common Man and T-Bone.
6: Weekdays from 3 to 6.
1: The Fan.
0: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call click or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done tell the truth with rothman and ice
2: all right cb what do you got for us all
4: right first one today's national day of today is national corn chip day so we will talk about your favorite dips to use with those chips what is your number one the number one dip or number one
2: chip? Well, I guess you could do both, but I was looking for the dip. Because I'll tell you, the second you said chips, Maddie, I I mean, if I was going to the store and buying some chips, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the Tostitos scoop is just a remarkable invention. So what? I just, and I like the rounds, too. Like, I mean, I can just go crazy on those. Um... And I, I assume I'm
3: going to be a salsa guy on this. I'm going to be very... Uh... Are you a restaurant-style type of salsa, or are you more of kind of like the the chunky salsa? You like the thinner, runnier salsa? No. You like the regular kind of chunky salsa? Chunkier, okay. yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with... I mean, queso all day long is an absolute mm-hmm. win. You can throw a little spinach artichoke dip on my plates mm-hmm. too, CB, and I won't be mad at that either. So I'm going to go spinach artichoke dip... With some, some of that queso, Now, too. if
2: you're offering anything,
3: then it's just guac. It's those guac for sure, over salsa. Not a guac idol. No? No. Nah. Really? I I've, I eat with my eyes first, and that to me is, a, uh, I can't get past it big, though. I can, I'm not going to say what I think it looks like. Let
2: me ask you this. If we, just... if we blindfolded you mm-hmm. and you took a bite, do you think
3: you would like it? Probably not. Oh. It just doesn't look very good to me. Now what about a nice I'm speaking about of, a nice hummus, Matty. Would you? Enjoy I don't like that? that either. I've tried hummus. I didn't like that either. Uh, now guac. Look, I'm standing on two legs that I probably don't need to be standing on, considering that I've never tried guac. But I cannot wow. get past what it looks like. It Can just we, looks nasty. What man. if, while
2: we're in Vegas, we we take this experiment to a, a decent level? We'll do some video on it. No, I'm we'll, good. we'll put it in front of you. I'll put a twenty dollar bill there, mm-hmm. and see what happens first you can't give me the guac and we're not though. yeah but we're big proponents on the show of how what would you do for this amount of money I pay for play? there has to be a number <laughs> when you say you won't eat it i understand if there's nothing on the line but there has to be a number i mean
3: you seem, a realistic number you seem like a man that rolls around with a lot of hundreds in your pocket <laughs> so you know maybe i could steal a oh, couple we are going to vegas <laughs> um, yeah, so exactly. but let me ask you that like yeah. I mean I'm not asking you to eat the yeah. whole bowl. Like. If you if you put a little uh a little bowl of guac in front of yeah. me and you ask me to eat let's say ten tortilla chips with, with guac on it. Yeah. I'll charge about I can do that for about twenty bucks. Not too not too steep. Done. All right. We'll do it.
4: All right, next question. Over the weekend, I saw our guy, Jake Butt. He put out a poll asking this question. Is it accept- Is it acceptable to use a gift card or a coupon on the first date? Absolutely not. And it's mm. so funny that you brought this
3: up because my boy yeah. had was just going through this. He was going on a first date this past Saturday, and he ran it by us. He said, hey, I got this gift card to this nice spot. Should I use it? And CBS said, I don't know if that's the first impression you want to make. I think you got to come out of your pockets solely and only for date number one. You get to date number three, four, then you can use the gift card. For me, I think that's a party foul on on date number one, the gift card. So
2: here's the deal. I'm going to walk you through this, and I'm going to talk you through it, all right? If it is a first date, and you're not going to a place that's going to bring the bill in a little folder then you can't Seems hiding it but i'm going to tell you this on, here's the deal now i'm going to walk you through this just hear me out oh, man. so you're on a first date you got to pick a restaurant where they're bringing you the bill in the folder how do i, be how, a nice do I find, how do i call the restaurant oh, find asked. out i'm trying to hide this gift card all right now here's the other key this is very key you have to spend a little more than what the gift card is that way, you can put your credit card and the gift card in. The problem is, if you put just a gift card in and you hand it to the waiter or waitress and they bring you back some, and there's nothing there, then they'll know, how did that happen? So all I'm telling you is, you can hide the gift card under the credit card. She'll see you take the credit card out of your wallet and put it in there. And then they'll just give you the overcharge and she won't be obviously looking over your shoulder. You'll tip on the total bill, not on the money that's left, obviously. And now you're skating through. You've done a really nice restaurant. You haven't paid full freight. And
3: away you go. It seems pretty solid to me. I just don't know the, how the advanced scouting would go. You can't and do it casually because they're not bringing you the bill where you can hide it. Here's what I think you should do on a first date. I think you just go straight Randy Moss, straight cash, homie. That is always, mm-hmm. I think, a very, very impressionable move that you can make. Just pull out some hunts and then put that thing in the receipt, and then you're on your way. Forget yeah. a card. I got cash. Whatever you need. Well, if you want to play that baller move with, the,
2: with the flash cash, then that's fine. You can do that. You can be the take it out on Friday, redeposit it Monday guy. I'm good with flash cash. I get it. But he asked the question of is it a complete party foul? And I'm saying only if you
4: get caught. Did you say, I know my truth? I know my truth. For context on that poll, over 2,000 votes, 66% said yes. That, that, that it's it is okay. a party, That,
3: it's, it's, that okay. it's okay. Interesting. Yes.
4: Okay. All right, let's finish up with a Daily Fan poll. It's sponsored by ER Auto Care, Masters of Our Craft. The question is, which team had the toughest loss this weekend? Was it the Jackets at Vancouver, the Buckeyes at Northwestern, the Lions, or the Ravens? This is
2: not even close for me. This is the Lions because I'm going to games that matter. So I'm eliminating the Jackets and Ohio State. As, badly, as bad as those were, those games didn't matter. Following the 1957 championship, The Detroit Lions did not win a playoff game until 1991, and they did not win another until this season. They are still, still, now the only franchise operational for the entirety of the Super Bowl era not to have appeared in a Super Bowl. I am absolutely
3: sick for them, and that's the answer. Well, you meant to say for us, because that is your team, but I am going to go with the Buckeye basketball team. They needed it. You know how much I thought they needed it on Friday and that was, uh, that was ugly. That was ugly. So I'm going Buckeye hoops.
1: And the truth shall set you free.
3: If you miss Steve Hellwagon, Jason B. Hershorn hopped on with us to talk all things NFL wherever you get your podcast, Type in Rothman and Ice and we'll be there waiting for you. And we'll be
2: waiting for you tomorrow right here at high noon. Common Man and T-Bone next. Rothman and Ice and the fan. <laughs>
1: Tweet from a listener. Are you carrying the Buckeye game today? Considering we've never not carried one, yes. The answer is yes. The Fan. It's a fan action update. This action update is
2: brought to you by ESPN Bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Patrick Mahomes is going to his fourth Super Bowl in five years and is now an incredible 10-1-1 against the spread in his career as an underdog. The Chiefs closed at a a four-and-a-half point underdog and knock off the Ravens 17-10 in the AFC Championship game. Game stays way under the ESPN Bet total of 44. For your ESPN Bet action update, I'm Scotty Vegas.
0: Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference.
4: Visit lindsayhonda.com.
1: WPNSFM. HD1 Columbus. The Fan.
7: Sports
4: Good afternoon.
7: I'm Ryan Baker. Super Bowl 58 is set. It's the Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers. The Chiefs beat the Ravens yesterday 17-10. to The 49ers scored 27 second half points, knocking off the Detroit Lions 34-31. to The 49ers opened as a two-and-a-half point favorite for the Super Bowl. The Lady Bucks Hoops team jumped four more spots in the latest AP poll to number eight. They've won seven in a row. Here's head coach Kevin McGuff on what he's learned about his team during the win streak i'd tell you we're a resilient group and um you know they keep believing they keep staying with each other it's one thing i've
1: I've really liked about these close games is they really stay together and i think that's a a huge deal and a a big part of you know some of our success here in tough environments and even when we don't play our best they stay together and find a way
7: this one's sponsored by awaken 180 weight loss where fat chance becomes slim possibility think about it awaken180weightloss.com